Father God, we just thank you that we can be here this morning. We thank you that as women we have been given the day off, Lord, just to relax in your presence. And we just thank you for that opportunity. Father, we just pray that you'll be with Dale this morning, that nothing will limit the words that are meant to come out of her mouth, that the words that come from her are from you, Lord, and that everyone will be mightily blessed. And we pray, Lord, too, that you will challenge each and every one of us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Did we have a good sleep? Yeah, no, yes. <laughs> have we got heaters on, Pauline, in here? Can we have... Just, are you warm? You're going to get warm in a minute, so uh, I think we might need them off. Just hold five, guys. Um, <clears throat> you know, I love it when we can come to church and we find our 30. You know, find 30 every day. Come to church and you find 30, so you know you're going to have you're done for a weekend. So, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, Karen. <coughs> Let's just pray together, won't we? Lord, we thank you that we can come into your house again today, Lord, and we dedicate this time to you to sit under your word, to connect together, to connect to you, Lord. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We want to go deeper in you, Lord, whatever that means for each one of us, whether it's just a little step or a big jump or a big fat bommy, Lord, we just want to go deeper in you. I know you would take us at our own pace, Lord, because each one of us is precious in your sight. Come, Holy Spirit, we lay aside all the distractions, all the things that we've been doing all week, and we focus upon you, Jesus. Just take a big breath and just let it all out. Mm. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. This morning I want to speak firstly about the goodness of God and I touched on that last night, how God is good and if they, we, <coughs> you're going to have to put up with my voice I think this morning, I didn't sleep much at all last night, I was talking to the Lord and I have this bubbling going on this morning in my spirit so uh, it's going to be good but uh, I spoke a little bit about the goodness of God and that if we can have the foundation of our trust which is really just faith and his goodness, that that is a sure foundation to stand on and it is a steady foundation that he is good, that God is good. So let's all say this morning, God is good. Again, God is good. And if we can grab hold of that one truth, what was that over there? All the time, all right, you're singing. There's a song for every occasion. Uh, a few weeks ago we had a prayer meeting and uh, you get my mother in a prayer meeting, strange things happen usually, but... Uh, we had this prayer meeting and, and we, we, have, we have this whole family, as in the older people and the young ones and everybody in between. And so we had this crazy prayer meeting in our house a few weeks back. Actually, yeah, it's a few weeks in a row. But, uh, and there was the older ones, they were singing these. Every time somebody would come forward, so we said, we just pray for everybody tonight. So we get them and we just sit them on the middle of the table. It's a coffee table. So here, sit here. This is the hot seat. And uh, we'd pray for them. And every person had a song. 
So it would be, I don't know, some old song and then it'd be a new one, but the, the ones that are kind of more mature, they'd be singing at the top of their lungs and it was just really cool to see that God brings generations together and that they felt so a part of it and the young ones were going, okay, we can get on with this, but you know, it was like just, and there was a song for every occasion. I believe God has a song for every occasion and uh, so... And this morning I, I have this bubbling and I sense that God has a song for us this morning. And I, I, uh, a praise dance actually for us this morning. So I'm going to just speak a little bit for a little bit. Are you guys okay to wait a few minutes? Are you going anywhere this morning? Nah, you're chill there. Uh, <laughs> about the goodness of God and how it leads us to repentance. So if you've got your Bibles there, I'll turn to Romans chapter 2. <clears throat> Romans 2. And verse 4, Romans 2 verse 4, and it says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? It's God's goodness that leads us and draws us. It's his goodness when we sense that he loves us, that he wants to bless our life, that he just thinks we're awesome and precious, that it kind of grabs hold of your heart, doesn't it? And it's his goodness that leads us to repentance and it's his goodness that is going to lead those who don't know him to know him. It's not, you know, because oh, a lot of people see that God is this far-off God. If you talk, a lot of people believe there is a God. 80% of the population actually believe there is a God. But they don't see that it is a God who wants to have a relationship. They'll say, yeah, I believe in God, and they'll even pray. I was in the shoe shop the other day, and this lady was down on her hands and knees getting me some shoes out of the bottom. She said, oh, I've been doing a lot of this. I've been down on my hands and knees praying. And I was like, she doesn't go to church. And I chatted to her for a little bit. But it's like she knew that there's somebody out there and she could pray. So, but they don't know that he is good and that he wants to be in a relationship. You know, this is, a Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. Religion actually binds up, but Jesus sets us free. So you're not religious. You're in a relationship. My uh, daughter, she always, she's pretty um, popular with the young guys, my second daughter, and, uh, they'll, and she'll be sharing with them and she says, you know, Oh, they just say, oh, you're just religious. She, she goes to parties and she says, I'm having a better time than you. You're getting smashed and I'm just having fun. But uh, she says, I'm, in a, I'm not religious, I'm in a relationship. And they go, well, I'd like to be in a relationship with you. That's their pick-up line for her. <laughs> but uh, she, it is about a relationship and the goodness of God. And Psalm 27 verse 13 in the Amplified Bible says, what, what, what would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness and the land of the living? In the land of the living. What would become of me if I had not believed that I would have seen God's goodness? You know, there is people that believe and they, they know Jesus and the master into their heart that they believe that only the good stuff is for heaven. And that's sad because it says, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants to bring heaven to earth and he wants us to do it. He wants to use us to do it. And one of the big things is for us to grab hold of God is good so we can spread that goodness around. We're like little seed planters. You know, see yourself as sowing goodness and wherever you go. You know you've got God's stuff on you. Yeah? I'm going to come down there for a minute. You've got God's stuff on you. It's like, you know, Tinkerbell and she throws her fairy dust everywhere. I have the, I'm a visual person, so I see it. And like, you're just anointed. And when you, when you touch people, it's like, Odd stuff. So when you meet people, you can say, Lord, 
just touch them. Just touch them. And you've got God's stuff on you. You have the resurrection power of the Most High God residing on the inside of you. Yeah? So when you're feeling tired, you say, come on. Why so downcast on my soul? Put your hope in God and stir up. It says to stir up the anointing, to stir up the things of God. And it's like we have God's stuff on the inside of us and sometimes we've just got to stir it up. That's what that song is about, stirring up, because we have to stir it up. When you haven't had any sleep, you say, Lord, you bring life to my mortal body. You know, I've had six kids and I can't remember the last time I had a full night's sleep. So I just offer out and say, Lord, you're just going to give me strength today. And you know, you've got to watch what you think. I have every reason in the world to say, I'm so tired, I can't do that. The Lord spoke to me and said, stop saying you're tired. Stop saying you're tired because your body listens to what you're saying. So we don't have to be tired. You just say, come on, body. I have the anointing to do this. You've given me these kids. You've given me this baby who doesn't sleep. I have anointed to get through the day. Amen? Yeah? <laughs> and I know. I had one of my kids. She slept for two hours a night. I was doing youth at the time. And we'd, we'd have youth in our house till 2 o'clock in the morning. Wherever Mark is, he was one of those. He was on our lounge room till 2 o'clock in the morning. And uh, there was quite a few. They've all got kids now. But we had babies. And they were staying in our lounge room till all hours of the morning. And, uh, yeah, you over there too. And, uh, and, and then I'd get up for church and you'd be there and then you'd go through church till 1, 2 o'clock and then you'll be back there for church in the evening. And it'll be like, but God, he gives life to our mortal bodies. That's what the scripture says. So if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling weary, you say, Lord, I just need your anointing. I just need your strength. And then listen when he says, have a rest. You know, we're not these go-hards. Go, 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 go. We have to rest when he says rest. But he gives life to us. And uh, God's goodness is a theme that runs from Genesis to Revelation. And uh, why do you suppose the Bible so strongly emphasizes it? Because it is a foundation of our faith in him. The more we know God's goodness, the more we can trust in him. The more we trust in him, the easier it is for us to put our lives into his hands. And only by placing our lives in his hands can we open the way for him to save us and bless us and work through us so that his will can be done on earth as it done is in heaven. We have to grab hold of that God is good. And sometimes their life and our circumstances and our experience can shout everything else. You know, that's a lie of the enemy. Remember I told you last night, if you're here, John chapter 10, verse 10 says, the enemy comes to kill, to rob and destroy. But Jesus come that you might have fullness and abundant overflowing life. And God wants us to know that he is good and that he... He went to the cross for us. He bore sickness. He bore pain. He bore guilt. He bore everything that the stinking devil could try and throw at us so that we would be set free and we're under the blessing. We're free from the curse of the law, the curse of sin and death. And, you know, we, we have to grab hold of that with everything and appropriate that into our life. We're free from some stuff, and I'm going to share about that. Are you okay to wait? I'm going to preach for a bit. Are you okay to wait? And then we're going to, we're going to dance. <laughs> It'll do you good. <laughs> and uh, if we can just grab her, the world needs to experience God's goodness. And a lot of the unrighteousness that you see around you, that things that grieve the Father's heart, are because people don't understand that God is good. They don't get it that God is good. And so they've never really understood God's goodness. Everybody is born a little baby. But stuff happens to them to change them and to injure them and to disappoint them, and so that their hearts, they get hard. But if you can look at the world and you look at those people that are doing the stuff you don't think are very good, and just have the grace to see them through God's eyes, that one, they were just a newborn little baby. 
and stuff has happened and they need to know God's goodness. And it's our job to just spread it all around. And the more we understand it, the more we can spread it. It's called spreading the love. You know, you feel in the love and we can only feel it if we've experienced it. We can only give it if we've, we've received it. You know, I, I, um, Creflo Dollar is one of the preachers I sometimes listen to and he says, you've got to preach out of your overflow. It's hard to give, it's hard to speak if you haven't got it in your heart. You know, the mouth speaks from the overflow of our heart. And so we, we have to experience God's goodness and one of those ways is to, we talked about last night, is to letting go and let God. Because it's hard to receive if you've got a whole lot of stuff. It's hard to receive God's love if we're protecting ourselves. And I have this illustration of uh, suitcases. And God, he's saying, run the race with me. Run the race. And, you know, we've got places to go and I have plans for you and good things for, prepared in advance for you to do. And, but we get these suitcases. Now, has anybody been travelling recently? My suitcase is quite little. I was quite impressed that I got it. <laughs> but uh, I have this whopping big suitcase when we go overseas and, you know, got six kids. Most of it's their stuff, I'd say. But, but it's like you can have all these suitcases and we can go through life with big fat suitcases and then bags and laptops and, you know, you, know, you see picture yourself being weighed down with all this stuff. And inside those suitcases is disappointment and anxiety and your bills and your worries and your stresses and the cares and deceit and things of the world. And it weighs us down and it's all in those suitcases and God's going, run with me! And we're going, yes, I'm coming, Lord. Just hang on, I have to grab a suitcase. I've just got to take this stuff with me. And he's saying, what are you doing? Just leave that stuff. And he goes, no, 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 I'm, I have to sort my family out. I've got to make sure my kids are all right. You know, they've got to have me there to sort them out. And he's going, I'll sort them out. I'm going to look after them, yeah? And I go, well, I've got these bills. I've got to pay. And how am I going to do that? Have you seen them all on the fridge? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and God's going, I will provide for your needs. And we, we get so bogged down with the cares of the world that we can't run and we can't soar like eagles like God wants us to. And so we go through life not really living out the goodness of God because we've collected all this baggage along the way. And we all know. We all know where our stuff is, don't we? And God's saying, just put down those suitcases and run. You know, I have this illustration in my head. When Philip and I were dating, and I actually lived at the Favises, and uh, he rode this moped. It was a very beaten up moped. I don't know how old it was, Elsie. But <laughs> it was Keith's and, and it, the dogs ran faster than this moped. And uh, you could hear him, he'd say goodnight to me and then... And then... Down the street. And, uh, and, and you know what? It didn't go very fast and it broke down. And after the time we'd walk but and push this thing. And that's sometimes what our life can be when we carry the load... Remember that Jesus said that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what are you carrying that stuff for? And we go, well, I'm you know, just doing my stuff. I've got, I've got stuff to do. And he says, yeah, but seek my kingdom and my righteousness and all those other things I'll take care of. And so we've got to just run the race. And God wants us to ride in a big, fat Harley Davidson, not a putty-out moped. He wants us to rip roar through life and look back and go, what a ride that was. We're going to get to glory and go, wow. What a cool ride that was. We don't want to look back and say, look, what was I worrying about all that stuff for? You know, you had it. And if we can have a heavenly perspective of God and his love and his goodness and that he's got it all under control, he knows the plans he has for us. He knows every day that is written in your life. He planned it all out. But we just like to have control, don't we? And so we find it hard to go, 
surrender. What's that saying? All to Jesus, I surrender. Yeah? And that's what, what God, because when we surrender, then we're able to receive his goodness. And you don't have to try harder. No, Christianity is not about trying harder. And that's a lie of the enemy that's got into the church. If you just pray harder, if you just do this, if you read your Bible more, if you fast more, try harder, strive, 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 strive. You'll get wrinkles doing that. Yeah? It's like, ooh. It's like, have you ever, I don't know if you've got the, the what is it, Basil the Great, the vine? And uh, he's, I'm going to show you. My, my family loves this illustration. But anyway, it's like if you're an orange tree. Picture a tree for a minute. Where's that butterfly? She had a tree in her back. And it's like, <laughs> it's like this, um, you've got this tree and it's, it's made to bear fruit. And you are made to bear fruit. You have the DNA of God inside of you. When you come to know Jesus, he plants his DNA. You think about what Jesus has. Jesus has everything we need. He's all sufficient. He has power and authority that he's given us. You have the DNA of God Almighty planted on the inside of you the moment you say, Jesus, come into my life. So here you are. So you're this tree that God has planted. He's putting all this good stuff in us. And then you're going, yeah, Lord, but where's the fruit? Where's that stuff I'm, you know, I want to bear fruit. And you're just going, come on, come on. And you're making these, you know, like you're constipated, (laughs) just to be graphic. And God's going, what are you doing? Just trust me and let it flow. Let it flow. As my mum says, be a hippie. Be a hippie Christian, girls. You know, just breathe. Chillax, as my daughters say. We're just chillaxing, mum. And it's like, because it's ridiculous. If you saw an orange tree making grunting, groaning noises, you go, what the heck's wrong with that? You know, an orange tree doesn't, uh, you know, stressing and I'm striving, I'm fasting, I'm praying, I've got to do this, this and this. Now, fasting and praying, it's all part of our Christian walk. But if you're stressing and striving and trying to make things happen in your time, God, you've got to do it this way, God, 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 and you're telling him what to do, he says, what are you telling me what to do? You just flow with me. I'm the boss. I'm the boss. You know? I know the plans I have for you. You know, and that orange tree won't do anything because it's not connected to the good stuff. But if it just sits there and sits in the sunshine, takes up the water when it falls... It's fertilized by prayer and reading the word. <laughs> what happens? Pop. Fruit. And that's how we are. We don't have to stress or strive because that's the goodness of God that we, he has made us to bear fruit. And we don't have to stress or strive because there's showers of blessing. Mum had this word in the middle of the night, a Psalm 68. 68? It says that showers of blessing and refreshing come. Showers of rain and refreshing And we don't have to be afraid of God moving. We don't have to be afraid of revival. We don't have to be afraid of God's goodness overwhelming us. He says that he'll just bring lovely showers of blessing. Who would like showers of blessing this morning? Yeah, we don't have to be afraid of God. He says, I just want, I want to love on you. I love how the Holy Spirit, when he comes, and he just, like waves of the ocean, and you can just sit there and, you know, and that's, that's how, and my, Philip, he gets up and he's a wham-bang-wow man, you know, and God will do stuff, and I'm the soaky one. So you don't have to worry this morning, because God just uses me to go around and soak. Now, that doesn't mean he won't do wham-bang-wow, but, you know, he just, he knows what we all need. And, and just to receive his showers of blessing this morning, because that's going to free us up. And you don't have to stress or strive or try hard. Just flow, flow like the river. The river doesn't try and, you know, 
it just flows. And if we can learn that, that's, that's receiving God's goodness because it just flows into our life, flows into our life. Instead of, ah, yeah? Women are good at getting anxious, you know? We're good at getting anxious and have anxious thoughts and depression and all those things that come with that because we find it hard to trust God. Faith is just trusting God that he under everything is good. He is good. When we see in the word that it is a father's good pleasure to give us a kingdom and that no good thing will he withhold for them that walk uprightly. That's what Psalm 84 verse 11 says. No good thing will he withhold from us. Think about that for a minute. No good thing is he going to hold back from us. So why are we stressing? He's sitting there going, I want to give to you. Just, you can't grab hold of it if you're holding on to all this other stuff. Make room in your life, make room in your heart for me to pour in my blessing, for me to pour in my, my goodness, because no good thing will he withhold from us. God loves to do good and to reveal his goodness to us. And the Bible says he delights in the prosperity of his children. That means he loves to bless us. Prosperity is not just money. Prosperity is everything being well with you. When the Bible says prosper, it means all areas of your life going well. It's not just money, but God loves to bless us. He loves to bless our finances. He loves to show off. He loves to lavish us with his goodness that way, but he also loves to lavish us with his peace. You know the word shalom in the Bible means nothing broken, nothing missing? When Jesus says, I am your peace, he means I'm giving you my peace. Nothing broken, nothing missing. Wholeness. Wholeness. You know the man with leprosy and the ten lepers were healed, that Jesus, they came to Jesus and, uh, that, and he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, their leprosy was healed. And then one man came back and fell at the feet of Jesus and said, Jesus, thank you. And he says, go in peace, your faith has made you whole. He was restored. If you've ever met a leper, they have missing bits. You're missing bits of ears and noses and fingers. He was made whole because when Jesus comes, he makes us whole. He makes us whole because he's good. Under everything, he is good. Until we settle that fact that God is good and can trust him with our lives, our faith will never be as God intended it to be. If you don't expect to see and have faith to see God's goodness revealed to you, you're expecting and having faith for something else. If you don't believe that God is good, what are you expecting? Think about that for a minute. If you don't believe that God is good and no good thing with he withhold from you, then what is your faith reaching out to? Because our faith throws out things and it connects with things. And it can connect with faith to believe for good stuff or it can believe for, oh, you know, I'm going to get a cold. I always get a cold this winter. I always get the flu. Yeah, oh, my kids, you know, I'm just dreading when they're teenagers. Watch what comes out of our mouth because your faith is a powerful thing and is living and active. as a dynamic power. We can expect that God is going to bless our teenagers. I expect my children to walk with the Lord. I expect them to be mighty men and women of God. I expect them to minister in his power and his authority. And I expect nothing less because that is where my faith is. And I've got to do my part and I've got to trust God and I've got to put into them. But I expect that because my faith is there. And if it looks like something else has happened, I get feisty about it and go, hang on, 
Devil, you get off my territory. This is my house. And it says, the seed of the righteous is blessed and great will be the peace of their children. So that's my word to stand on. You know, we can stand on God's word. It is true and he is faithful. And it's, and it's like, if, if we're expecting bad things, if we're expecting, you know, you have a friend who's been diagnosed with cancer and suddenly you start checking. Yeah? Oh, we're good at that, aren't we? We get a little lump. Oh, it must be cancer. First thing, seed of the enemy, straight into our mind. Instead, we're saying, I tell that lump to go in the name of Jesus. I tell that thing to fall off. You have no right to be there, lump, in the name of Jesus. You, so, you just dissolve right now. Yeah? Because what are we expecting? Are we expecting God's goodness to be revealed to us or are we expecting bad stuff? Think about it. Yeah? God doesn't want us to live in fear and anxiety. He says, I am good. And if we don't settle that and we're frightened all the time, we'll always be thinking, what if God doesn't come through for me? What if he is not listening to me? What if he asks me to do something or to harm me in some way? If we don't believe that God is good, we're thinking, what if? What if? What if my kids don't, you know, they, they don't come home? Or what if I do get this? What if my business goes bust? What if? What if? Regardless of everything, God is good and he's going to be there and he's going to see you through. I'm going to get my mum to share her testimony uh, in a couple of sessions, but she is a living testimony of God's goodness. She was diagnosed with cancer wow, 20 odd years ago, and, uh, and she's a living, walking miracle. Yeah, and I want her to share a few, uh, in a few sessions' time just how God is good. I just dropped that on her, but she'll be right. <laughs> she's used to it, she goes and shares it everywhere. Um, to live by faith, which is the only way we can live out our Christianity victoriously, we have to get the foundation of our faith laid right. God is good and it is kindness and goodness that opens our hearts and lives to him so that we can trust him and live a life of faith. It is experiencing that kindness and goodness through us that will open other people up who are far from him. We have to be little carriers of God's goodness. We have to know that for ourselves. This is there's a guy called David in the Bible, and I know most of you know him. And uh, he had a revelation that filled him with confidence that God was good. And if you turn in your Bibles to Psalm 23, which I know most of you will know inside out, roundabout, but it's always good sometimes, you know, God will show you different stuff. God had a revelation of God's goodness and he wrote it down. And it, he had, it, because he re, had re, God's goodness revealed to him, it filled him with confidence and boldness. And that's what God wants us to have. He wants us to be as bold like that. He wants us to be feisty woman of God. He doesn't want us to be timid and shy. He doesn't want us to step back. When something comes to try, the enemy tries to come into our homes, into our lives, into our workplaces, into our children's lives, he wants us to be bold and to cut it off because we know that God is good and we know that we have a power and authority from heaven inside of us. You know, we have resurrection power abiding on the inside of us. It's inside our DNA. When you hook up to Jesus, you get his life flowing into you. And, and David, he had this revelation. 
because it had, he had been through dangerous situations. He'd been out in the field looking after the sheep and a lion had come to try and steal the little lambs. And he had dealt with that lion and got rid of it. He had, because he had seen God help him, he, he was bold and strong. And he'd hung out with God and he's singing away his psalms and he was close to him. So he, you know, we have got to spend time with Jesus. There's no way that you can shortcut quick fence microwave Christianity. You know, we're an instant society and you can't instant God relationship. And David, he was sitting out of the fields, and I can relate to this, you know, just talking to the sheep and talking to the Lord and playing his harp and singing and making up songs. And he knew that he just had this closeness to God that developed through that relationship. So when a lion came, he said, God is with me. I'm not afraid. And he dealt with the lion. When a bear, B-E-A-R, that is, came and tried to... My people at home tease me about my accent, but it is beer, as in beer, beer, whatever. <laughs> he dealt with that because he was not afraid. So later on in his life, when he went to see his brothers and the Goliath was saying, who will come and fight me, you scaredy cats, you know, Israelites, you're meant to have this great, awesome God boy, come and fight me. And David said, what's this unruly Philistine about? We will go, how can he blaspheme the living God? I'm going to go and fight him. And they just, little David. But he said, if the Lord has protected me with the lion, if he has delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. David not only knew about the goodness of God, he'd seen it at work in his life. He'd seen the victories of God's goodness previously, so it made him bold. And that is why it's so important for us to walk and understand God's goodness and to let go of the stuff that causes us to doubt it. We've got to build. If you've had some hits, if you've had some places where you feel like you've been run over one by one of those big dump trucks, you've got to go back and lay some foundations of your faith. And I've been there. I've been where I've been serving God and doing all the right things and then just stuff happens and you, everything goes pear-shaped and you wonder why God didn't seem to be there. And you've got to lay some foundations back down again and say, Lord, above all else, I will still serve you. Above all else, I will love you. Above all else, I will know that you are good. And you lay those foundations back in there again. If, you, if that's you this morning, lay some foundations back in, but you've got to let go of that stuff and say, Lord, I just lay all that stuff aside and I choose to believe that you are good, that you died for me, that you saw me and that you chose me. And if we do that, then we'll start to put the good things back into our heart. And that's what David was like. And you look at his life and he messed up, but he knew that he could go back and that his kindness drew him to repentance. Over and over, David, you know the story? He was an adulterer. He was a murderer. He messed up, but he, but God calls him a man of his own heart. Why? Because he understood God's goodness and he understood that he could come to God and come and say, Lord, I've messed up. Please forgive me. And that God was faithful to cleanse him. But he understood God's goodness and it was able to make him bold. And that's what God wants for us, that if we understand his goodness, it will make us bold. And you can be the same way as David. You know, to Psalm 23 said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means that he will lead us. Now, shepherd in the Middle East, which is where Jesus ministered and where they understood this, is they go, the sheep follow the shepherd. It's not like here where the sheepdogs at the heels of the sheep and the, and the guy's on his motorbike making a big noise and yelling at the sheep. And my dad, he was a sheep farmer, and he'd take his hat off and stamp it and yell at the dogs and all this sort of thing. No, Jesus is talking about how he goes, the shepherd goes before the sheep and leads and guides the sheep. 
and brings them to good pasture. He makes them lie down in green pasture. The Lord is our shepherd and we shall not lack. If you've got lack in your life this morning, you can stand on that word. Lord, you say that you are my shepherd. You're going to lead and guide me and I have no lack. If you look at your cupboard and it has lack, you can say, Lord, you promised that you would, I would have no lack. And you can speak into that cupboard and food will multiply. Believe it because it happened in mine. Yeah, if you've got lack and you're, Lord, I have no peace, they say, Lord, you are my shepherd. I have no lack in you. I'm complete in you. You give me everything I need for life. And you can stand on that word because that is the goodness of God right there in God's word. God's word is living and active. Jesus says he is in his word and his word and him are one. So that is Jesus in there. The Lord says, here is your shepherd and you have no lack. He makes you to lie down in green pastures and he leads you beside the still waters. Now sheep cannot drink from a rushing river. They have to go where the water is still. Otherwise they drown when they drink. So when it says that he will lead you beside green pastures and still waters, it means that he's going to let you lie down and chillax and hang out with him in lovely green grass. Boy, do we need that, huh? Especially when you live in the desert. Yeah, just think, Lord, I'm just going to chill out with you. We should all have a morning, a week, where we just do something nice for ourselves and prosper our soul. Prosper our soul. Now, the Lord's quite strict with me on this because I, I get busy. And he says, what are you doing? Take some time off. Take some time off. And I would recommend and encourage you to take some time out because I tell you what, otherwise you're going to hit a wall. And you'll wonder why you look the way you do and your body's breaking down. You have to take time out because it says that he will lead you beside and make you lie down in green pastures. It's not you just to stand on them and you're on your phone still texting you're still busy, you've still got your work, you're doing your washing, whatever you're doing. It says that he'll make you lie down in green pastures. That means you're having a rest, ladies, having a rest. He leads me beside the still waters. <coughs> Excuse me. He restores my soul. When we prosper our soul, it's doing things that we love. What prospers your soul? You know, you're allowed to, everything is spiritual. Don't compartmentalize our lives. This is the spiritual side. This is the physical side. This is the mum. This is the wife. And we just, you know, we're very good at that, aren't we? God says to restore our soul and to do things that prosper our soul because that's where his goodness starts to flow in. What is it that you like to do? Have a think for a minute. What prospers your soul? Mine is I go and paint. And then I walk through a garden shop and I just look around. I don't have to buy anything. I just like looking. Yeah. Philip, he goes down to the ocean and he watches the sea. And yeah. Sometimes it's just sitting and listening to some worship music and it prospers my soul. But taking some time to lie down in green pastures, just hang out. Pretend you're a hippie with long flowing hair and love beads. <laughs> just chilling. Can you do that? takes practice because you know it took practice to get you all stressed out you weren't made that way yeah so lie down in green pastures and restore your soul go out for a coffee in a nice place don't worry about oh you know i could be spending the money in something else you know i like to get my nails done so philip sends me off every couple of weeks and you know i just feel more together you're allowed to do that and yes you could always spend the time and money on something else but God says to restore our soul, to prosper your soul. And we've got to look after ourselves because then we can share that goodness with others. Yeah? yeah th 
He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We don't have to be afraid of anything. You know, you're on the highway to heaven and we don't have to be afraid. Fear not, little flock, for I've given you the kingdom, the Bible says. He's given you all you need for life and godliness. You don't have to be afraid. Fear not, little flock, for I am with you. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That means he leads us and he guides us and he protects us. The rod protects us and the staff leads and guides us and gets things out of the way. Trust him. He is good. He is good. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. That means, you know, when the enemy's trying to have a party and take, take you out, you know, you can say, hang on a minute. God says that he prepares a table. He looks after me. There's a banqueting table set for me and he's going to just look after me and lavish his love upon me and help me out. And that regardless of what the enemy might be yelling at me or shouting or I'm afraid of or the world or whatever, that we don't have to be afraid of it because God says that he will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and that he will anoint my head with oil. I love that bit because that means his anointing is upon us. Anointing is that you're chosen. Anointing is that you have everything you need. Anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing of God breaks the yoke. It breaks off the things that we gather up. It breaks off the world. And it, it just, it's easy. And I really feel to get that across this morning that we do not have to strive and stress. Our Christianity is not about working harder. It's not about, unless I do this, I will not break through. It's believing that God is the God of the breakthrough. It's not about us, it's all about him. And it's just saying, Lord, I just trust you. I take it to you in prayer. I believe that what I've prayed is going to happen because your word says that when we ask, that you will do it. And then you praise him for it. Then you dance for it. Then you shout it. Then you speak it. You don't speak the problem, you speak the solution. You don't speak, oh, what if? You speak, no, my God is able. Yeah? Because otherwise, we're just getting back in the devil's camp. And it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, when we have those victories and we experience God's goodness, the lion and the bear in our own lives isn't going to take us out. We're not going to say, is God too far from me? Can he not do this? Because we remember what God says. God wants us to stand on this. This is what we're meant to take up in our hand. It is the sword of the Spirit. We're meant to take it up and use it. And too often we're speaking what it already is. We're speaking the problem. We speak what we have instead of speaking those things that God says are ours. He wants us to know who we are in him, that you are mighty, awesome woman of God, that you're anointed with power and authority, that you can tell the devil to take a hype out of your household, off your body, off your finances, off your children, because you have been given all power and authority and heaven and earth has been given to us. That's what Jesus went to the cross for. He bore every curse that would be broken off our lives and we live under the blessing. We live under the blessing of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob as heirs because we have been grafted into that when we became a child of God. That's something to give a shout about, I think. Yeah? Instead of speaking the problem, we've got to speak what God says. We've got to speak solutions. We've got to be speaking spirits. 
Yeah, God says you are made in his image. When he said to the world, when he created, he said, let there be light. He said, let there be light. He said, let the, let the plants spring up. Let the waters run. He said, let the trees come. He said, you know, and he just said, let there be a snake. And there was a snake. He said, you know, and it was like he was a speaking spirit. And he says, you have been made in my image. So we are speaking spirits, but we speak rubbish most of the time. He says, get rid of your stinking thinking and get in my way of thinking. Yeah, because my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not my, your ways, says the Lord, but he wants us to get into thinking how he thinks, to speaking what he thinks, because I tell you what, then breakthrough comes. It's not about us stressing and striving as realizing who we are as children of the Most High God. You know, it's not speaking what we have, it's speaking those things that are not as though they are. Yeah? Abraham learnt that and it was credited to him as righteousness. And we are, ju- we are just as good as Abraham. Yeah? And we have the Holy Spirit and we have the Word of God and we are better off than Abraham. Yeah? You know, we're not like, oh, well, that was Abraham. You have the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of you that reminds you of the things that Jesus did. He will teach you. And if you stick his Word in you, He said, the Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that you have learned. But if you don't stick the word on you, he's got nothing to work with. So don't be lazy. If you want to be a speaking spirit, if you want to have power and authority, if you want to kick the devil's butt, when he comes running at you like a flood, you can say, you stand there. You back off. You draw a line on the sand and you say, enough is enough. You get off my body. You get out of my household. I have had enough. And you've got to get feisty. You know, and you don't have to be loud and stuff, and you don't have to be this, you know, big, chunky person who's rah, rah, rah. You just, you just know your authority and who you are in Christ. Yeah, because he went to the cross to get it for us. You know, take hold of what Christ took hold of you for. It wasn't so that you could be timid. It wasn't so that you could be beaten up. He said that you are more than conquerors. And that's what he wants to... And if we can grab hold of who we are in God, I tell you what, you'll turn the city upside down. But we're too busy listening to what the world says. We're too busy listening to what the financial report says. We're too busy listening to what society says about the church, that we're weak, that we're this, that we're that. And the Bible says you are none of those things. He says you are highly favoured, that you are precious in his sight, that he has a plan and a purpose, and that you are anointed that you are anointed from power on high. You are clothed with power. When the Holy Spirit resides on you, you are clothed with power. And if you're feeling, well, I don't have that, then just get under the spout where the glory comes out. You you know, it is not just for all those Christians. It's not just for those Christians. Don't believe that. If you're hungry and thirsty, God says that he will pour out rivers of living water, showers of blessing, and he'll take you where you're at. Is it Ezekiel? It talks about walking into the river. And there was a man and he was walking to the river. And some walked into just their ankles. And some walked into their knees. And the river is a river of God. It's the Holy Spirit. It's symbolic of that. And some, they walked in to their thighs. And some up to their waist. And some just dived right on in. Yeah. And when we start to just step in and these things are new for us. We don't have to be afraid. You can just put a little foot in, splash about a bit. Oh, that's good. Oh, God, is good. That wasn't scary. Yeah, that feels good. And then you can put two feet in, wiggle your toes a bit and go, oh, oh, that's so good. So peaceful. 
I'll just chillax here for a bit. And then you might get a little bit excited and you go, oh, let's just, you know, get up to our knees here. And you step into more of things of God. You step in and you just, oh, yeah, I can let that stuff go because, look, this is so much better. This is so much better and it's free. Yeah? Holy Spirit, he's better than any, any drug you can buy, any pill you can pop. Yeah? And it's free. And you don't have a hangover or side effects. It's great. <laughs> and then you might just get a bit bold and go, oh, let's just see him. Let's just see, oh, look around. Oh, we're going to do a great big bommy and jump on in. Yeah, and some of us with that personality where we just want to jump on in and be a bommy and we splash all about and you go, what are those lot doing? That's okay. Just let them bommy about. You know those ones. <laughs> and other of us that might be a little bit shy and it's new, so just step on in a little bit and just... Let God touch us. Don't be afraid of him. Don't be afraid. That's what he says. Don't be afraid, little flock, because I've given you the kingdom. And that's the kingdom that we are overcomers, that we have all we need in him. Can I have the musos here for a minute? Thank you so much for waiting, men folk. <clears throat> Now, I'm just going to go with the flow here. I'm not sure what God's going to get up to, but it's okay. I just, I was awake most of the night last night, which was all good. <laughs> just hanging out with God and 3.30 I gave up sleeping. I thought, all right, we'll just we'll talk to Jesus. <laughs> and uh, I have this bubbling, bubbling, bubbling in my spirit. And, uh, you know, when we're, you've got this breakthrough thing up here and those that come to this church will know what this is and it's, it's, this year is the year of breakthrough. Balparism means God is the God of breakthrough. And God is the God of breakthrough. And he wants to break through in our lives and break through in the things that we're believing in. And, but this morning, the Lord spoke to me, and I'll just read what he said. I know that I spoke to you from 1 Kings 18, 44 last night, and I, and I had it, this bubbling in my spirit, I, that I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And that it started as a cloud the size of a man's hand. And Elijah was, was looking for God's rain to come. And he was looking for a physical rain. But we're talking, he's talking about a supernatural rain this morning. And, uh, and he says, I see the cloud the size of a man's hand. And that's how God starts to move. It's just he starts to move gently. And it's like it's just a cloud starts to come. And a cloud of his presence starts to come. And then, oh, there he is. There I see... And then, oh, that's good. <laughs> He's good, isn't he? <laughs> okay, now I know what you're up to. Uh, I, oh. Okay, see, it's okay. That's not scary, is it? Holy Spirit's here. <sighs> Just breathe them in. Just let all that stuff that you've been carrying, just let it go. Yeah, the cloud came and it's like this cloud. Oh, he's good. <laughs> and he says, the cloud comes and it's just a little bit. 
But if you're hungry and thirsty, that little bit starts to come and you, and you hear this beautiful spring rain. You know, spring's nearly upon us. And the spring rain comes as is refreshing. And I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I can hear it. And he wants to start that here. And he says, if you're thirsty and you know those dry places in your life, say, Lord, I want a touch of that cloud because it's coming just gently, just gently. There he is, just gently coming. And he says, what does a breakthrough look like in your life? Because God is a God of the breakthrough. What does it look like? What will you be doing? What will you start to do when breakthrough comes? The things that you've been believing for, the things that God has planted in your heart and you can see him and you can see him and you can almost touch him. And, and what will you be doing when that happens, when that breakthrough, when those things that are manifest in your life have just been a dream, they've just been a thought, have been a seed in your heart, but what will you be doing when they happen? What will you be doing when you have the breakthrough? And this morning... <laughs> What will you start to do when it breaks forth? Because that's what God wants us to enter into this morning. Is what will you do because it's here? Breakthrough is here and His Spirit is here and it's like a cloud just hovering and it's like the size of a man's hand. But when breakthrough comes, then the rain starts to come and I can hear the sound of abundance of rain and it's not scary and you don't have to be afraid and if you've never experienced before, just put your foot in. And if you have experienced, and you can do a big fat bommy because His rain is coming and it's coming and I can hear it, but what does it look like for you? What does it look like for you? Stand to your feet, everybody, because I want us, and those that are the bomby jumpers, <laughs> you can lead in this, okay? Because there's ones here that are just a little bit shy of that, or maybe you think, well, that's not my personality. You know what? I'm a phlegmatic, pal- melancholy personality. I am not a sanguine. I'm not an out there person, believe it or not. Ask my mother. Yeah, but... It's not about your personality. It's about Jesus and what he's doing. It's about just being hungry and thirsty for more of him in our lives. And he'll take us where we're at. He'll take us who we are. But then, you know what? He just starts to do goodness inside of us. And things that you think, oh, I just always wanted that to be happening in my life. He springs it up. He springs it up. We're going to go over time, Pauline. Is that all right? (laughs) He springs it up. You know, and he starts, if, if you just go, oh, God, here. So if you feel comfortable, I just encourage you to raise your hands. Raise your hands. You can drum a little bit here, Josh. Just, just go with the flow. He's going to do something. He says, seek first my kingdom, not our kingdoms. You know, we can get so caught up on the things of the world and making money and, and having everything comfortable. And God says, you know, that's okay. Those things are good. They're, they're signs of my blessing. But don't seek them before you seek me. Don't get so consumed with the worries and cares of the world that you put me outside. He says, seek me. Seek me this morning. And he says, and my showers of blessing will come. It's like a cloud. There they are again. Showers of blessing. And I just want, as you get that, as you get that showers of blessing, we're going to dance. We're going to dance. We're going to move our feet. Because I want you to visualize your breakthrough. What will you be doing when you have breakthrough? Will you just stand there going, oh, that's nice, Lord. Oh, that was nice. Or are you going to do a praise dance? I, I have a praise dance about to happen, you know. 
And it's like, but what will you be doing? Because when we speak those things that are not as though we are, and when we act upon those things that we've been believing for, there comes breakthrough. And a cloud is coming. There it comes. There's a cloud coming of breakthrough. So I want you to let it come forth. Let it spring up in you. And when you start to feel like it's bubbling, I want you to act out upon it. You can jump. You can run. You can kneel. You can shout whatever the Lord leads you to do. And don't worry about the person next to you. Because you're just you and God loves you. Okay, let's build it up a little bit. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, just say, God, touch me. Touch me with your showers of blessing. If you speak in tongues, then speak in tongues. If you don't, just praise the Lord with your English. Thank you, Lord. Now, as he starts to bubble those things up, what will you do when you have the breakthrough? What will you do? You can dance, you can shout, you can clap, you can run. Do it, do it. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Spring forth, spring forth, spring forth. Hallelujah. There it is, there it is. Step into the river. What's she towing? What's she towing? Let it spring forth. Do you not perceive it? Look, I do a new thing, the Lord says. personality I want you to do something this morning a new thing do something that you have never done before just put your toe in a little bit into the things of God and say Lord I'm a little bit worried about this I'm a little bit shy about this but I just want more of you and just put your toe and do something that you've never done before maybe it's to raise your hands maybe it's to clap maybe it's to spin around Maybe it's to jump. Maybe it's just to get out of that aisle and come up here and praise the Lord. Do something new this morning because you do that. As you do that, it'll spring forth because it's a faith act. So do something new this morning. Hallelujah. God is here. Come on now, before a woman of God. Do something new today.
to come out here in the front, but you've never done that before. And you're saying, oh, Lord, really? There's some back row bandits down the back there. And they're saying, oh, really? I want you to do a new thing. If you want to give a shout, and you've never shouted in church before, you give a shout. Yeah? Just dip in and see what the Lord will do. See what the Lord will do. If you're standing in the aisle and you're saying, oh, Lord, I just want to be able to break free, take a step of faith. Take a step of faith. Take a step of faith.
tea or we're totally out of whack now. Okay. That was good, wasn't it? See, God is good. And he, uh, all the time. Yeah. Yes. Are you glad you got out of bed this morning? Yeah. And your little toe, toe putter in us, was that okay? Yeah. That was okay, wasn't it? And you bomby jumpers, you having fun down there? Okay, let's just thank the Lord. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that that cloud is building. Lord, we thank you that the abundance of rain is coming, Lord. We thank you for... Oh, here we go. Here we go. That it's just building, Lord, and building and building. And uh, we want more of you. We want more of you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you that you just bless us with your presence. That Oh, we're so privileged, Lord. We just love hanging out with you, lying down in green pastures. And no matter who we are or how different are our personalities, that you love each one of us. Lord, spring up new things, new things. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' precious name, and we all said, Amen. Amen. Okay. You can go and have a cuppa and uh, please come back in the same chillaxing mood and we'll have some more of God, hey? Bless you. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. (laughs) 